Welcome to Just Another Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. We're here today with a friend in the brewing industry, um, Jillian. How are you, Jillian? Hey, I'm doing good. Good, yeah. We're a uh, distance away, so Jillian is in North Carolina, is that right? Yep. Yeah, and she works for Oscar Blues uh, Brewery down there. Um, she does uh, many, many, many different things, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> kind of all Whatever the they- in the beer industry whatever they tell you to do wherever you go right i mean that's the way that's the way most of us do it so mm-hmm. um but also uh, not to uh harp on it but she also has 15,000 over 15,000 instagram followers um the question one question i actually do have i don't want to do like very many interview question kind of things but yeah. how did what, was there a big jump from 0 to 15,000 or was it gradual over the years uh no it was a pretty big jump um i still remember like high-fiving my manager at the time, my bar manager, when I got like to a thousand, I kind of just did it um, like just to kind of like challenge myself and see if I could. I had um, some other friends working at breweries that were getting into social media and I kind of just wanted to, I don't know, see if I could do it uh-huh. and it just exploded out of nowhere. And now I just kind of have this like beast of, you know, an Instagram that's 15,000 followers. I know it's, you know, nothing crazy or anything, but, you know, for the average person, the other day I was thinking about it and the town that I'm living in right now has 7,000 people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have more followers on my Instagram than <laughs> like the town that I'm living in. Like, how is this possible? <laughs> and it's great because I think we, we obviously, you guys, you get some beer from Orno Brewing Company. So, you know, yeah. at my day job, we send you beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And part of it is we send beer to people who have thousands of followers because obviously it makes us helps us promote our beer you like our beer anyway so it's not just uh you know the you know sending you beer that you like uh you like our beer as a first place you come visit us up in bangor or or orno i should say uh and so on but um is it now something that's (laughs) oh there you go (laughs) is it is it feel like you know we'll get into some beer more beer questions but we're since we're on the social media topic it does it feel like this pressure now that you have 15,000 followers that like you have to yes. put content on there yes definitely yeah and there'll, there'll be times especially with everything that's going on you know with the pandemic and covid where I can just be like mentally exhausted especially you know I work 10-hour shifts so we work four 10-hour shifts which is great um but it's just just a really really long day and you know there's certain times when it's better to post in the morning first in the morning is always better to post so if I like miss like past 10 o'clock I'm like well now I can't post today like uh, so yeah there's and you know certain days of the week are better you know Saturday's always gonna be better than you know like a a Monday um but yeah I definitely feel pressure just to post you know more like beer posts and, and things like that on that that started out as my personal Instagram so if you go back far enough there's just like horrible <laughs> selfies and stuff from like a while ago I should probably get rid of this just like really cringy like embarrassing mm-hmm. stuff that you know like pictures of food or whatever like I don't know from like seven years ago um and now I have like a separate personal Instagram account and I try really hard to post pictures with no makeup on on that one and no filters and and everything because I think it is important for people to see me like as a normal person as well not just you know made up all the time yeah there's there's definitely certain pressures and sometimes it's I like I'll have three days off in a row and I'll like won't pick up my phone the whole three days because I just like can't handle like just the social aspect of everything on top of you know everything else that's going on (laughs) and I just I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Hannibal Burris on the way to work this morning and he, he does that every once in a while too where he just like 
Hannibal Burris will just take his phone and like give it to his manager and be like, um, I want to tweet something or I want to post something. But I don't want to do it. I don't want to see what's on Instagram. I don't want to see what's going on in the world. You just take it and, and run with it. Uh, what I will say about Jillian's Instagram is that it is the experience of what a female brewery industry person is. And not, you know, when you wrote your, your first post, when I first got introduced to you about coming to visit Orno Brewing Company in Margin yes. Street and how the experience it was, not, like I said, not trying to get followers off of the pictures, but more of the experience. And that's something that I've always respected from you, Jillian. So just so you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really nice to see that because I mean, I, what we talked about when I when we messaged this morning about what we we're going to talk about a little bit, which was you're in a male dominated industry, not just on the brewing side, you know, and you're able to just run with it and be like, no, this is I'm a woman. I'm in the beer, beer industry. And this is my experience in the beer industry. Is that like what you try to yeah. do on there? Or? Yeah, yeah, I try and be a little bit more professional, um, you know, since, like, I've gotten a job offers through it. That's actually how I got my job at Oscar Blues. Um, the old seller manager reached out to me through there. And so I try and be a little bit more professional. I still do shotguns and, and curse and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> um, but, and and I think when those beer Instagrams started popping up with, you know, girls in their bikinis and stuff, at first I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, that's disrespectful <laughs> the beer. And then I realized, like, you know what, I'm just so happy that, you know, there are girls drinking beer. And if you want to drink beer, you know, with no top on or you want to drink beer, you know, however you want to do it, drink beer and, and you're not drinking a cocktail or you're not drinking liquor and you're promoting, you know, and maybe getting other people to drink beer, then that's fucking awesome, you know? That, that is great because I didn't, you know, the reason why I like also talking to you about this is because that is something that I didn't think about. As a male, I just yeah. thought, oh, it's a picture of a beer with, with boobs and you're talking that it's getting people into the industry and potentially maybe someone opening up to something that they may not have liked in the first place. That's an yeah. awesome way to think about it. Cause like no matter what's in the picture, there's a beer in that picture and that's the, what, what helps you get a job. You, you get a paycheck because people buy beer yeah. from Oscar blues. I get a paycheck yeah. cause people buy beer from Warner Brewing company. You're not getting paid. That's not 15, followers. Not <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not getting paid right now. You don't have any, you're not any, you have enough followers that you probably could get some money for some things that you post, but you're not right. You're just, you're just doing your job and Instagram just comes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll randomly get people who will ask me to, you know, advertise things for them. And there just hasn't really been the right product yet that I've found. Um, maybe someday, but it's just gotta be something I'm really, really interested in. I want to make sure it's companies that have, you know, good ethics and not just, you know, hawking something just to get paid for it. I want it to be something, you know, I really believe in. Which is good because you want to be able to use the products that you like. If you, you know, you do dye your hair, you obviously have pink hair right now. <laughs> if someone came to you and was like, hey, we make this hair dye and, you know, but you don't believe in it. They're tested on animals and they do this, that. And the other thing you're just going to be like, well, you know, I wouldn't use it. So why would I tell my 15,000 followers that I use it or yeah. to buy it at least? So that's pretty, I mean, what I've seen again, I don't want to amp up Jillian here at all and make her head a bit too big to go to work <laughs> later on. But like, it's, it's it's a respectable Instagram that promotes beer um, and is a fun, like I said, I'm, I'm going to put in the little article that we, or the post that I put with this podcast that you should follow her because it's more than just pictures of beer. I mean, the number of times I've logged on and seen your Instagram and seen you covered in shit because you got yeah. shit literally, but like <laughs> hops or whatever yeah. it may be, you know, the sludge yeah. that comes out of a, Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's nice to see that you're just being like, I'm not this perfect person, even at work or at home or whatever this is who I am though. And that's, what's great. I mean, as there's some people who are super artificial on or uh, superficial, I should say on Facebook or Instagram and yeah, you know, 
lady in the track. I think it's really important too, just to remind people in the brewing industry that everyone makes mistakes because we beat, beat ourselves up so bad over the tiniest things all the time. And I have all of these stories from, from brewers from all over the country now, like who, you know, mess up and will reach out to me like, Oh, you know, don't worry that you, you know, did this, like I did this the other day or, you know, and so it's, it's great to have that camaraderie and to know that like, okay, all right. Like it's not a big deal. You know, as long as I learn from this mistake, like it's, it's no big deal. Um, there was a cellarman that actually stayed with us for two years who, who like ended up being like one of our star employees, but his first week there, he took off the bottom valve of a fermentation tank that was, uh, 300 barrels. Um, he was, yeah, cleaning a tank and just went to take the wrong one off and had, yeah, 300 barrels of beer draining out of a tank at 15 PSI. Um, and we see those all the time. We follow it like you, you know, obviously you probably on Reddit and things like that. You see those yeah. brewing industry pages where, you know, someone didn't turn the knobs at the top and it's coming out the top and people, you know, did all kinds of stupid things. And the funny thing about it is we laugh, but in the same sense in them, our minds we're crying too. Like in yes. our insides oh, yeah. we're crying because like, <laughs> if that was us, I don't even know what I would do. I would probably walk out. I would probably leave and you'd see me tomorrow. I probably wouldn't get fired for it, but I'm like, I just have to go. <laughs> like, this is it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in our brewery. I mean, one of our, uh, uh, you know, depressurized a, a tank that was the wrong, like he opened the tank to dry hop and it was the one that we were canning off of that he oh, accidentally no. opened. So it was under pressure yeah. and yeah. I'll, we're in the, I'm in my office, which is in another room. Yeah. And it, I just heard bang. And I'm like, what was that? Yeah. So all of us go running and luckily everybody was safe and it was a mistake and it, we were able to catch it at the right time and save everything. But like it, it there's mistakes that people make. I mean, you're talking to your, your top brewery people in the world have made yeah. the kind of mistakes that Jillian's made, but she's not going to hide it. She's going to put it on her Instagram so everybody can yeah. see it. <laughs> say, I made a mistake. Let's move on from it. But um, so she works for Oscar Blues now, right? I mean, you started there how long ago now? Um, about seven and a half months ago. Okay. And that's where you came from Florida. You were in Florida for a little while, um, but you're from yeah. Arizona. Is that the trajectory? But you've worked at, how many different breweries have you worked for now? Um, I mean, technically like long-term, like three, there's been like job interviews that I've done at other breweries. Um, there's one here in Asheville that kind of tested out for a few weeks and just wasn't the right fit. Um, but yeah, I was born and raised in Arizona. I don't, I like don't tell people in North Carolina that I lived in Florida just because everyone in North Carolina hates people from Florida. Um, but yeah, I lived in Florida for a couple of years. Um, so I was dating someone who got relocated out there and and immediately like regretted living in Orlando. There are some parts about Florida that are really awesome. Like the Tampa beer industry and the Orlando beer industry is great too, but it's just not, I'm more of like a mountain kind of girl versus like beaches and, and everything. Um, but yeah, so I've worked at two breweries uh, in Orlando and then um, Oscar Blues here. It, it, and it's funny cause you would see the relationship that we, Jillian also works at a brewery, but I also work at a brewery. Uh, I do, I'm the general manager. So I do more of the, you know, front of house stuff and the can labels and all that stuff. And you're in the actual brewery. You also work in a brewery that like up until we've got our 60 barrel fermenter, you have fermenters that are like the size of our entire brewery. Yeah. Like, so like, it's, it's, it's the difference in, in, in Oscar Blues and Orner Brewing Company, which in the state of Maine are distributed by the same distributor. Yeah. So oh, there cool. you go. Yeah. Uh, but Oscar Blues in, in this, this is their second brewery or they have three breweries? Um, I want to say I they have at two. least three because there's okay. one in Austin, there's one in yes. Colorado, and then there's one here. 
There might even be one. Yeah, I I believe that's it too. But yeah, if there is, it's more more smaller. It's not, but like it was basically, they started in Colorado, right? And then they- They started uh, out in a basement in Colorado. I think the the first Dales, um, which is like our like main flagship was made in a bathtub. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what was I just thinking of? One of our, my bartenders sent me a Snapchat on Saturday morning before she came to work of her dog licking like in a puddle, like splashing around a puddle and licking the puddle. And I was like, trying to relate. Every once in a while, I try to relate dogs to humans. And I go, can you imagine if you just were in a bathtub and you just started drinking the water you were in a bathtub with? How gross that would be. <laughs> I've been, we have... So we have an employee beer pile at Oscar Blues, um, like all of our low fill cans and high fill cans. I'm actually drinking um, employee beer right now. <laughs> and uh, we end up crushing most of it because we just can't drink it enough. We, we try, we try really hard to the point yeah. like all of us are going to die because we're drinking so much. But um, I have been thinking about doing like filling up like a bathtub in like a kiddie pool with highlight or beer, like old beer that's just going to get recycled and yeah. dumped out because <laughs> we just have so much of it. So I'll, I'll let you know. Maybe maybe I'll take a sip of it and let you know how exactly. it tastes. Well, so if it's Dale's Pale Ale, uh, hell yeah, I'm going to drink it. But if it's just the dirty bath water, that's a completely different story. Like, <laughs> But that is funny because, like I said, if you think about that's – a, that's a cool way of actually relating it between breweries. Um, you know, Orna Brewing Company, we have cases of cans where people are like, is there any short fills left? It's like that aspect of, like, is there any left because, A – Parker and Tom and the guys in the brewery are trying to kick ass and make no short fills or high fills or, or bad cans, uh, which every brewery tries to. But I mean, the truth of the matter is to anybody who doesn't work in the beer industry is there's always cans that come off the canning line that are not sellable to customers. It does not mean they're doing a bad job. It does not mean the canning line's not working. There's just times where you're trying to set the levels and all that shit that, that yes. the reason why you don't have cans. But they'll be like, is there any? And in your place, you're like, there's never that comment is that is there any it's just there's too many oh, yeah. it's almost like yes. and you don't yes. and it's the kind of thing you don't want to give like if you came up and visited us you know whether you're a friend of ours which you are or you're just from oscar blues visiting orno we'd give you a four pack out of the cooler that we sell to a customer not the four pack yeah. of short fills so it's not even like one of those things where you like want to go to your neighbor breweries and be like hey you have some deals pale ale because you don't want to yeah. give them that crap that's that, a crappy but like yeah you, you, know, you have to like preface it and be like hey by the way like this is not yes. an accurate representation of our brand like still beer but yeah because you know a lot of that beer we drink we have to drink it soon if you don't drink it yeah. soon then it goes oh, yes, bad yes. then you end up <laughs> yeah. oh I, I got that tails pale ale from oscar blues that someone from the brewery gave me and three months later i tried to drink it and it was brown it's like well that's because you didn't drink it within a couple of weeks of it being given to you and it shouldn't be like that on the shelf. That's the reason why we didn't sell it to you. <laughs> that's why we gave it to you. And that's yep. a little bit of the, the learning curve that some people just don't understand. Um, but that's pretty funny. I see. I think I've seen you post something about you crushing cans. You guys yeah. use a can crusher thing. Yeah, yeah, can crusher, which is great when you're in a bad mood. Yeah, I was in a really bad mood that day. And uh, it made me feel so much better. <laughs> just chucking full cans of beer, like as hard as you possibly can uh, at this machine. <laughs> and it crushes them. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm like such like a a beer snob now I'll find beers from like a week ago or like my boyfriend will be pouring me one and I'm like oh how old is it and he's like last week and I'm like oh I don't want that like I'm not drinking that it's, it's a week old like why no <laughs> and it's and it's funny because I, I in my my fridge I have a beer that we made in January and it's a fresh beer in January and it tastes great but again you're right there's this you know I bought the four pack so it's not like it was short fills it was it was a customer sold four pack and I go to drink it, and I'm like, it's going to taste great because we hope that most of our beer tastes good six, eight months from now. 
We just know that the likelihood it's going to taste the same in three months for an IPA yeah. or whatever is not right. So I keep on avoiding it. And I'm like, what am I avoding it for? I should have drinking it at four months. Now it's at six yeah. months. Now I'm yeah. definitely not going to drink it. <laughs> so now I'm oh, like, yeah. now it's just in the cooler taking up space where I could put fresh beer in. But it's I'm, a, funny. I'm a full fridge that like is still stocked with Orno beer from the first round that you sent me. Like if it's special beer uh, that people have sent me, then I like hoard it and I like treat it like it's like liquid gold. And my boyfriend's always like, hey, are, are we going to, are we going to drink this or, or what, what are we doing with this? Like, can we make some room in the fridge for food or <laughs> so still, still have a couple of your beers that I, I need to drink. And I've promised myself I was going to get better about that this year. Uh, it's like one of my New Year's resolutions after I opened up like a six month old, like IPA. I was like, oh no, like this is not how that was supposed to taste. And it's um, funny because like you could tell too immediately you open it, yeah. you smell it. Or you see it, and you're just like, "Yep, didn't take the, check the bottom of that can. That one should have been drank yep. a while ago." And then you kind of like, for us, obviously not for you because you're at Oscar Blues, and there's like we said, like, there's almost too many. And uh, for us, then I feel bad. Then I'm like the guy in the kitchen who was like, "Is there any short fills of tubular this week?" And I took a, a four pack home, and I only drank two of them. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm like, "Oh crap, that guy could have drank in that beer that I'm about to dump down the drain." I feel, and now I feel bad, but it's like, you know, when we first opened our canning line, or canned at Orono Brewing Company. Yeah. Yeah, we canned Hazelnut Brown was our first beer because cheap beer to can or to, to brew. Cheaper yeah. beer to brew. So you wanna if you if you it's screw up then you wanna you wanna be able to have the, the cheapest beer. Our neighbor brewery down the street, Marsh Island, uh brewed um their like flagship IPA is their first canned beer and mm -hmm. they realized how expensive it was to can a IPA yeah. their first canning one. But we had it forever. It was just in the walk-in. People were like, hey, there's still brown ale in the walk-in. We're all like, oh, my God, I'm drinking way too much of that right now. <laughs> yeah. and, and now you walk in there, and it's like, oh, my God, there's, a, there's not even a four-pack. There's three cans left yep. because people just want to drink it. And it's, it's, it's a nice thing to be part of a brewery for that. But like you said, yeah. sometimes there's just too much for everybody. And at that point, you're like, you know. I can't drink all of this. If I do, then I'm going to become an alcoholic and this is not yep. going to be good. <laughs> but I mean, so what do you, so day to day, are you doing mostly transfers and things like that? Or what, what are you doing now right now? Um, at Oscar Blues. So we pretty much do all of our transfers like in line through our huge, we fuge every beer that we have um, minus like our Pilsner. We filter that through like our, our filter still. Um, so I don't have to do like a lot of like the smaller stuff I used to have to do in breweries. So the first brewery that I worked at was a 10 barrel system. So it's, it's been nice to see like the gradual increase. The next brewery I worked at after that um, had like 30s and 45 barrels. And I remember thinking those were so big. And I remember my first transfer, I was thinking about this the other day, my first transfer, I was like shaking. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much money. If I mess up, you know, if I don't tighten a tri-clamp enough and yeah. it gets oxidized or you know, all the little mistakes that you can make. And I was so nervous and now I'm like cleaning like 300 barrel tanks and stuff and working with 300 barrels and like I don't don't even bat an eye like I, I pick up a, a we use two inch tri clamps now for pretty much everything and I'll pick up like an inch and a half tri clamp and I'm like wow this is so much smaller <laughs> but <laughs> um but so day to day like overnights have, have been really awesome for me I was we have a um like three different schedules that we have we do 5 a.m to 3 p.m um 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and then 7:30 p.m. to 5:30, and I was dreading overnights for a while. I've just always heard from everyone in the in the industry that, you know, it's horrible and it's really hard on your home life. And 
Um, it's just like the worst shift possible and I have been enjoying it so much. Like I have this problem where I feel like I take other people's advice to heart before experiencing it myself. And I keep doing that with, with a bunch of stuff and then I experience it and I'm like, oh, why was I worried for like six months? Like, you know, having anxiety about this and it's absolutely awesome and I love it. Like I should have tried it for myself before just, you know, taking someone else's opinion. But being on overnights, there's less people and I, I get kind of like stage fright if someone's watching me do something. Like I suddenly don't know how to like work a tri-clamp anymore. And I'm like, oh, is this gasket? Like, is there, is there a right way to put this on? And, and so working on overnights, um, I've just really had the chance to kind of grow my confidence and just to shine. And a lot of my coworkers, my bosses and stuff have noticed too, which has been awesome um, to get that recognition. But so I just have more repetition um, on like using like our hop cannons, which is really fun. I mm. love doing that. Um, although, yeah, there's a couple posts where I post pictures and there's just hops everywhere because I, I am notorious for getting it clogged. I think I've gotten it clogged in more ways that people never have before, um, like working at Oscar Blues. And I'm like, I, why is it always me? Like, how does this always happen to me? It happened to um, one of our, one of my coworkers the other day who was a little bit younger. And like a part of me was like, oh, thank God. Like, I'm so glad someone else finally did it. But at the same time, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel your pain. Like, I don't want you to go through that. But like, thank you. Thank you for, for someone me. else doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, like, I've learned how to, like, run our fuge independently now. Like, before, that was something, too, that I was really scared to use. It's a $500,000 piece of machinery. And if something goes wrong and you break that $500,000 piece of machinery, the, the whole production facility is stopped dead in its tracks because we fuge every single beer. Mm -hmm. So that was insanely nerve wracking. And there was a couple um, employees, ex-employees who didn't get fired either. Um, like one, one person imploded a tank um, using wow. the fuge. Uh, and that's still sitting outside out back. Um, that was a 200 barrel tank. And you can see like when, all the dents and stuff. When you get hired, do they walk you by that? No. <laughs> they walk, like they're kind of just, they don't say anything. You just like show it to you. So you kind of like subconsciously go, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even know it was there forever. Um, a, a couple months in, someone showed me and I was like, oh my God, like that, like that is like one of like the worst nightmares is like imploding or like exploding a tank. And then someone else um, exploded, um, like the, a, a bright door buckled out from the pressure on the fuge. And that's even worse because that's over near packaging. So if it would have exploded, it would have done a lot more devastation to everyone on that side of the brewery, whereas in the cellar, there's less of us at least. Whew. But um, yeah, basically we uh, take care of everything about the beer, like once it's, after it's been brewed on the cold side. Um, but yeah, still, I still do, you know, CIPs and SIPs, like cleaning tanks and, and mm -hmm. sanitizing tanks and stuff for the brewers. Um, just everything's just on a much, much larger scale. I've, and all the brewery toys I get to play with now are really cool just because Oscar Blues, you know, of course, is a bigger, bigger company. So they have yeah. more money at their disposal. So it's been fun getting to use all these tools that I've heard about and they make my life so much easier. <laughs> and I can't, I can't wait until, uh, you know, I finally go back to like a smaller craft brewery because ultimately, you know, that's where I want to be at. I just want to kind of round out my resume and get experience all across the board and, you know, see kind of, you know, what works best for me. But it's I, I'm I'm so spoiled now. I've, I'm sure I'm gonna be just a, a headache and a half for whatever head brewer I have next. Cause I'm gonna be like, well, you know, <laughs> if we had a, a density meter for exactly. you know, only four hundred and fifty dollars, then. <laughs> yeah. 
that, that, that it's 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 it is funny because it is true. I mean, we we are spoiled in Maine because there is no breweries your size. Like, there's no breweries. In, I mean, there's Allagash, but Allagash isn't even. I wouldn't even think it's the size of Oscar Blues in a sense. Like, Allagash has one brewery in Maine. Oscar Blues has to deal with multiple breweries that are in the scale that distributes nationwide. So like Allagash is our number like top on that style. Like, and then it's the sea dogs and you know, those kind of guys too. But like, um, but the idea that whenever I'm like, Hey, so-and-so comes to work for our brewery, it's like, they're coming from a brewery that's either smaller or the same size as us. So you're, you're, you know, working at a big brewery is fun and you get to learn a bunch of stuff. You get to play with some fun toys but really the nitty and gritty and like the getting down dirty and getting like to actually do a lot of things with your hands is your smaller breweries. Cause once you get to a yeah. size, it's boop, 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 and your yeah. things happen for you. Um, so yeah, it is kind of cool that you have the, the goal to eventually work. I mean, and I'm guessing other than the people who are up top at Oscar blues, that's probably the goal from a lot of people at the same level as you are, is that you're not just going to be a seller person for the rest of your life cleaning tanks. Cause that just seems like, you know, there's a progression in breweries. Oh, it's yeah. not just, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's um, nice. We, uh, our last two employees have come from Poland Spring. Oh. So we've actually got two people from the water industry. And it's oh, kind of yeah, funny. And awesome. I make the joke because I'm like, they came from a water industry to a water industry. Yeah. Most of beer is just water. So yeah, 90% of beer is water. Yeah, that's really cool. That's super helpful. Yeah. I love all the different backgrounds that you can come from too. And and there's just so many different avenues in beer. Like it's not just beer, you know, there's fermentation science and, you know, learning about water and hops and, and malt. Like there's just, there's never, like you never get bored. There's always something to learn. There's always something new to read. There's always a new style. And, you know, like with like the Kavaiki yeasts that have been popular, like, you know, coming back into style over the past couple of years, like there's just so much experimentation that um, I love it. Like I never get bored. I never go to work and I'm like oh man I hate this like even in like a huge you know like production like warehouse facility like I'm still excited to go to work like I had six days off um you know just recently and by the t- like the end of like the fifth or sixth day I was like oh like can I go back to work yet like <laughs> I, I, did you guys did you take a break at all were you working all the way through this COVID thing um uh no yeah i've been working through covid completely. So, there was, I mean, guys, we, were you guys canning more beer than normal is that like is that what the problem like yeah. i know like, we were canning a lot more than normal were you guys too yeah yeah our product or yeah our canning like ramped up like crazy which is awesome which is kind of like what kept our doors open to be honest and we Same haven't here. done like a lot of kegging like we're just starting to get like the the keg, keg line and stuff going again but for a couple months that's just been kind of collecting dust and when everything happened, Oscar Blues cut our hours to 30 hours a week instead of 40, just because they weren't really sure what was going to happen. But they wanted, they get, we get um, health insurance completely paid for, which is awesome. And 30 hours is the minimum that we can be, still have our health insurance. So they're trying to keep us at that. And then once they saw, you know, the trends that people were still drinking beer because now they're at home and, you know, have nothing else to do, um, they bumped our hours back up to 40. But yeah, they've, They've been really awesome throughout, you know, this whole pandemic. And if anyone was, you know, too nervous or stressed out or scared to come to work, it was no problem whatsoever. Like you were able to stay home and you would still have your job. And there was part of me that wanted to and just kind of like hide away from the world. But every time I walked back in through those doors, it was like, oh, okay, like it, the world does feel a little normal. Like when I'm at work, like I can just kind of like be in my own little bubble. And, and you know, we wore masks throughout like our entire shift and the protocols and stuff that they've been doing have been really impressive. Are you, you're separated from like a tasting room area, right? If you had a tasting room area, it's not anywhere near. So 
that's yeah. the benefit you yeah. get. And it's one of the things we talked about when we went to open back up. We were like, uh, yeah, people have to wear a mask, period. Health condition, not health condition or whatever, because I can't afford the, you know, six people I have working in the brewery yes. to get sick. Because if one of them gets sick, it screws everything Everyone. up. And so yeah. I can't afford that. So now we're just masks. If you're in the building, mask kind of thing. And I think most because we are only six people, and one of them lives down the street, and it's Asa and a couple of people. There is a little bit more leniency on, you know, masks, not masks, and so on. But like, yeah. it's yeah, when you're it, when you're yeah, with the same people over and over again. And most of the people are like I, I, most of us don't don't want to get it. None of us want to get COVID. Yeah. But like, we're also I think all and probably on the same board with you is I don't want to give it, get it, and give it to someone else. Like that's yeah. the biggest thing to me. Like if I get it, I I'll survive. We're both we're all young people. We're we're yes. we're in somewhat good shape. You know, we're not gonna yeah. die from this most likely. <laughs> but if I get it and then give it to some random person, and I try to equate it to the idea of drink, like like um, you know, if you get in a car accident, if I get in a car accident and break my leg, and everybody else is fine, I'll deal with that. It's my own fault. I got in a car accident. I broke my leg. But if I get in a car accident, and I break your leg. And I'm fine. I'm gonna hate myself. I'm absolutely yes. gonna hate myself. And so, like to us, and like in the brewery, we're just like everybody walking around the brewery. I'm like, we'll just wear a mask because I don't want to. Like, I, if I'm the one that gets it and then gives it to our packaging manager, and now we have you no know, canning for a while, and or in a brewing company lose thousands of dollars because of that, that's not gonna yeah. be cool. So we still keep our distance and we wear our masks and we do what we can to like make sure that we're safe. But like, I was at 20 hours a week for two weeks ish. I dropped down to 20 because we didn't know what the heck was going to happen. And then we started doing beer delivery and pickup. So then mm -hmm. I just came back to work and worked full time. And because we were canning more beer, there was more things for me to do. Like we designed some more labels and all those kind of things. So it's weird how a couple of months shifting yeah. can change what you think is the norm in an industry. Yeah. Like we're just like, okay, you put X amount percentage in cans and you put X amount percentage in kegs. And we know, you know, what every day looks like and then shit hits the fan yeah. and, and it's like all thrown out the window <laughs> and we're like okay we have a half a keg that we pulled off the canning line to start the canning line and now we have pallets of cans to go out the back door and someone's like can i buy a keg and i'm like we don't have any kegs so sorry i can't like, i don't know what you do <laughs> and so it's just a weird how that fluctuated and changed we're still doing mostly cans we do yeah. You know, if we do a run of uh, a special beer like fruit pie, we did, I think we did like six sixels mm -hmm. and like a couple of half barrels. But like that was it because it was like you're going to most likely buy a can because anybody, even if they were working from home in this time, was like, oh, it's noon. Yep. <laughs> it's like I'm a lunch yeah. beer. Like, <laughs> it's like if I don't have to go anywhere and I can't, I don't, I don't want to get drunk at noon. But if I have a beer at noon, I can still do my job. No one's going to stop me if they're working from home. So people were coming and getting beer delivered to their houses every day. Um, did you guys? Yeah, I mean, you, guys couldn't, you couldn't do delivery before the pandemic, right? No, I mean Maine basically says like there was you basically had to be a distributor to get it to someone's house, and then even Carhop, which is a service they have in Portland, couldn't do it because you can't. Even when COVID hit and they changed the laws, you couldn't deliver beer to someone's house if you weren't the person who works for the brewery. If that makes any sense, like. Yeah, Co uh, a car hop is like a Uber for beer delivery, mm -hmm. and they started that thing. But they ended up getting the the okay from the state to do it. But like we were just like, well, I can pay my sales guy 
hourly wage yeah. to deliver it to someone's house. We don't have to pay a commission for it. We don't have to pay anything, no fees. If Jillian, you're like, hey, I live down the street, you can get a case of beer delivered for no fees. We, we encourage We're tips, so obviously. Awesome. <laughs> we obviously encourage tips because that person is doing a yeah. job that, you know, he's, yeah. he's, on the, he's on the front line for us beer drinkers. Yeah. And um, they wanted us to check IDs that match the credit card receipt and so on and so forth. We were kind of like, as long as someone was 21 at the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you were under 21 trying to get beer delivered to your house, you'd figure out a way. All of us were under age 21, figured a way out to get beer. <laughs> so, like, we were just like, okay, the person's 21, here's, our, here's, your, here's your case, move on. The number of people who have come back to our tasting room restaurant since COVID restrictions have kind of, like, loosened a little bit, we were allowed to open. Yeah that said, you got us through COVID. Like you, you coming to my, when I saw the little Mazda pick, uh, Mazda car come down the road, I knew beer was on the way. And uh, one of our regulars said, you know, Milo Bissell, the Bissell and Milo. Um, yes. We were delivery at like Wednesday to their house and their daughter would get Bissell delivery on Friday and they'd switch four packs. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> that's awesome. Because Bissell wouldn't deliver if, if you weren't. They, they, they basically called you and were like, are you home? And so yeah. we, we had a window we were between. They were just like random. And so one person was working from home. So like, oh, I'll get Bissell delivered. And then you get OBC delivered. And we'll swap four packs. And it was like the beer industry. I mean, obviously, you work in the beer industry. is collaborative. We're, we're yeah. you know, if, if Oscar Blues needs a certain hop, someone down the street has it. They're going to do something to get it to you. And this time it was like delivery. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the customers were working together to help collaborate yeah. between breweries. It was pretty badass. I got Bissell delivered a couple times to my house. I yeah. was like, I felt like, cause I could, I live a little bit further away. I live in Orrington. So it was about 30 minutes from or 25 minutes from, from Orono. And so I felt like no one ever delivers to Orrington. We're that kind of like that outskirt town. Like we deliver to all these towns and we're like the one that's like just yeah. on the other side of that. <laughs> And so I was like, I don't need to order Bissell because I can just get OBC beer, obviously, in this time. And I'm like, you know, but I was like, I feel like because they will deliver it, I needed to. Because <laughs> I was right? like, oh, someone was delivered my house. Sweet. Yes. They ended up delivering a magnum of seed, their, uh, their barrel aged, their, their berry beer. Um, and the, we opened on a Wednesday, the 1st of July for our tasting room. On the 2nd of July, about 30 minutes before we opened, we sabered a bot that bottle and oh, yeah. poured a, like a little ounce for everybody that was working that day to, that week and being like, thank you for coming in. Thank you for volunteering to come back to work. I mean, obviously they pay, got paid, but like, yeah. thank you for coming back and choosing to further the brand of Warner Brewing Company. Here's a little like fun thing. So it was kind of fun. It was, it was a, a beer that they gave me or gave me. Yeah. I shouldn't say that because yeah, you, say that yeah. you can't give away beer in Maine, but they they donated to me <laughs> and uh um we savored it it was pretty cool it was a, it was a cool thing to do because it's like they don't get to try a lot of beers from other breweries like we do like yeah. you know so it was pretty cool yeah that's that's another thing with all the beer you send me i like i don't want to drink it alone because i definitely have to share it with other people and i like um i'm so i'm living with my boyfriend and um his roommate and his roommate is kind of like the og like packaging guy and just og like employee at oscar blues he's He's worked there for 10 years and he's this big guy with dreadlocks and like has like a, a heart of gold. He's like the nicest person you've ever met. Um, and like, I like share like order beers with, with him and everything. And so with 
COVID going on and not being able to have beer shares and not being able to, you know, like go out and, and hang out with people. I'm like, well, I guess like, I feel like selfish, just like drinking this beer that like not a lot of people have the opportunity to, you know? <laughs> so we, we were, I mean, and as the truth of the matter is no, I mean, it's not anything against North Carolina and it's sad for you, but there's not a likelihood that Orner Brewing Company is going to be in North Carolina anytime soon, too, because yeah. if you think about it, we're going to pick the towns in the, in the, in the, con- the states yeah. in this country that don't have a huge beer scene That's that we can su- survive in. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina is yeah. one of the beer capitals of the world, and, it, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, sad in that aspect of it, but it's the same thing someone just messaged us today and was like, you guys have beer in Hudson Valley, New York? I'm like, well, we do in New York City. Yeah, and it's Valley, like, yeah. well, it's like it's an hour or whatever. I'm like, I understand that, but like, like, I can only do so much. And so, we did expand during COVID. We decided to yeah. go into Arizona. Uh, we went. Yeah. To, we're with Tavor now. Uh, so Tavor is the one that ships beer to people. Yeah. But because they don't Tavor, ship it to North Carolina. <laughs> because Tavor, Tavor also works out of Arizona. They're able to also bring it to beer stores in Arizona. So we were able to get beer in Arizona, which is pretty cool. And I was looking forward to doing that when I went to Arizona. But now we're yeah. not going to Arizona anytime soon so, because they're being idiots out there. Can you tell all your people you know in Arizona to stop being idiots? Oh, I am. I have been. I, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it has been a, it's been a battle. I, I got my cousin to drop off masks for my mother. Like I'm not even like in the state, got her to drop off mass in this gated community that she's never been to and just drop them off outside my house uh, outside my mom's house like just so she'll wear a freaking mask and this was like in March and I, th- I talked to her yesterday and I'm like are you wearing the masks yet and she's like well like I have like the past 30 days now I'm like that's not enough like it's I got those funny. to you in March it's July it, it's funny to us and I guess a lot of it's all obviously different political backgrounds and, and opinions on, on shit and all that stuff but like yeah. We were. I, I woke up this morning and I got ready and I'm going into the office and I'm thinking to myself, I want to have this rant right now on Facebook to be like, I'm getting married in less than a month. Yeah. We we're going to go to we we're going to go to our, our, our Arizona honeymoon. Right. That was our plan. And so on. I said, I wanted to get on there and be like, hey, assholes. This is something that your honeymoon is once, you know, once the honeymoon I'm going to experience with my fiance and then what will, will be then wife. Yeah. The once in a lifetime experience to do with that person. It's a honeymoon. Vacations are different. Vacations yeah. will happen the rest of our lives. A honeymoon is once in that time. And because a bunch of idiots in Arizona, no offense, were, no, were being stupid, I had to cancel or postpone it and, and push it off. And it's something that kind of like hurt me. It was like, I wanted yeah. to get on there and be like, hey, idiots, this is not about you. This is about yeah. other people. And I thought in a sense, I'm like, that's selfish because I mean, I'm also thinking about myself. But in the same sense, like people aren't thinking about the other people. They're thinking about themselves. And it's like, I don't want to wear a mask. And then one of the things I said about this podcast, my friend Brian, who's a co-host that we, we do every other week, is I don't want to get political. But like the idea is people are making this political and people are making yes. this an issue. It's like, you know, if everybody just wore a mask for a couple of months, we might actually be out of this like right now. And it's just, it's, it's infuriating. There's people I saw someone post online that they, they, um, Drove to another state to get groceries to avoid wearing a mask because a mask is inconvenient to them, but driving an hour to get groceries. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is beyond ridiculous. Oh, if I have to, like, I, since I live in such a small town, everything is so close, like the grocery store is four minutes away. If I have to drive further than 15 minutes away, I'm like, oh man, like, I don't, 
which is the difference from Maine, though. Which is the difference from Maine, because Maine two hours is like, yeah, I'll get there, no problem. Two hours in Arizona. But so are you? You're not. Is so Oscar Blues is in a town. What town is that in? It's in Brevard, North Carolina. Is that the town you live in, or is that? Yeah. Okay. Not to put too much information about there, about you out there, but no, it's, so, far, it's, so it's in a, actually a pretty small town. Like, how yeah. close are you to other big breweries of same magnitude? Um, there are like some like smaller like breweries. Um, there's a really awesome farmhouse brewery. Um, there's just like a couple like local ones, but I don't know. I, there's maybe like four or five. I want to say. In Brevard, Brevard's not like as as oversaturated just because it is such a small town. Um, like the main draw for Brevard are there's a couple national forests here and you know a bunch of hiking, um, like mountain biking, anything you can do outside like is in Brevard. So I I was living in Asheville and then COVID hit and um, I was driving 45 minutes to work every day and my lease was ending and. Uh, so just decided to kind of make the move to Brevard and not to be driving 45 minutes, you know, every, every day back and forth to work when I work 10 hour shifts on top of that and everything's closed. Like, so there's no point in, you know, living in Asheville, which is this awesome thriving city, but yeah. I can't go anywhere or do anything. <laughs> so are most of the big breweries in Asheville, is that where like the, the, yeah. the, the hub is? Okay. So it's like, yeah. there's, but I feel like are most of the breweries in that area, like the idea is that you're in the idea of mountain biking and hiking and mountains and like that's what draws that's people like the breweries slash outdoors. Yeah. 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 But more of like the like the heart like the serious hardcore, like people who do sports and mountain biking and uh, like my boyfriend does uh, whitewater rafting. He does everything. He does climbing and whitewater <laughs> rafting and, and whitewater kayaking, which I didn't even know it was a thing until I met him. Um, <laughs> but so everyone who's like super into like outdoor sports like comes to Brevard to do it that's pretty cool I mean that's like a cool thing that we have in Maine I thought was the weirdest thing when I was you know when I started as the manager of Warner Brewing Company we were smaller and we had the two small tasting rooms and so by first when I came on board it was like hey Justin you're the first tasting room manager yeah. but we needed to bartend at the same time so it's like I would bartend by myself so I'm managing the taste room but I'm really not managing an employee directly because I'm by myself and there's no one else there. And so the first time someone came in and was like, Hey, I'm here to, to vacation from Canada. And I'm like, cool. You're going to go to Acadia. Are you going to, you know, are you, are you hiking Katahdin? What are you doing? Oh, I'm here to see beer. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yep. time out a second. Maine is known for the outdoors, you know, in the summer, you're hiking, you're biking, you know, those kind of things in the winter, you're snowshoeing and ice fishing and, and crap like that. You're coming to visit for beer, and he's like, "Yeah." Yep. And I'm like, oh, yeah. "Okay, I, I now I know for sure I'm not leaving this industry because I know I'm going to get paid forever because there's no yeah. reason to leave." And then the other part was like, "Now we can mix the two. And it's like, I feel like even Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada has are they in Asheville too? Uh, well, so they're right. about thirty minutes away from me. Okay. Um, they're kind of like on like the outskirts of, of Asheville. Um, I don't know but, what city. I want to say maybe Mills River, but I, like, don't quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure. <laughs> But uh, they're probably well, the, the closest, like, really large brewery. And one of the things they had when I, when I read about that was they're the first brewery that I knew being in this industry that moved or not moved, but added a location in that area. Like, you have your other breweries that started in Asheville, but there's other breweries, like, even obviously you work for a company that, that added a location in, in, in that area. Um, what was the idea was, like, they have mountain biking trails and all this other crap. That's yeah, and, it's like, let's mix the two. Let's do the outdooring. 
and let's do drink the beer. So let's like do a mountain bike and then finish at your brewery and yep. have a pint. Like that's what's cool about Maine and I guess with your where you are in or near Asheville, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Dale, the the man who started Oscar Blues, his um mother actually used to live in Brevard, which is why we we have like a mountain biking ranch. Although I think he's selling it now, um, because she passed away a couple of years ago, and he doesn't have much reason to come to to North Carolina anymore. But um, so like he he chose Brevard in North Carolina, a because like our water is amazing here. It's insane. Like you you barely have to do anything to treat it. I remember the first time um was talking to a brewer about you know, their different practices and stuff and asking about, you know, what they do to treat their water. And they're like, we, we don't, like, we don't have to. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, we just have a carbon filter. Like, and, and that's about it. It's like, come again? Coming from Orlando, Florida, where you where take a shower you? and you feel dirtier when you get out of the shower than when you went in because it smells like sulfur. Is it all the Mickey, it's all the Mickey mice pee, right? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, so I worked in the restaurant industry for a long time too. And, and bartending, I, bartended and and um served for about 15 years before finding the the beer industry so i definitely understand like your side of things and and i was um kind of up for a position either to um be like a assistant tap room manager or to help in the back of the brewery and be a, a cellarman and um chose to try and be a cellarman so it's been a it interesting worked path. it worked yeah. out that's the thing is so so i i Still tell everybody out there, whoever doesn't know a little bit about me as much either, and well, I'm not gonna jillion here, but um, is that I worked as a designer, graphic designer, marketing person for about 10 years. Uh, I worked in Massachusetts, and then I came up here uh, and worked for Downey's Toyota car dealership, which is one of the hardest places to do marketing because I had all these ideas that I wanted to do. When you work yeah. for a Toyota dealership, it's like, oh, corporate said we have to do this, that, and the other thing, and I'm like. Yeah. And you can make a flyer for the picnic we're having on Friday. And I'm like, wait, what? Say <laughs> that again? So, so when the position at Orno Brewing Company, I mean, Orno Brewing Company opened in 2014. I'll say it's 14 technically because it was New Year's Eve, but it's 15 really. So like 2015 is when it started. I came back That's in 2016. Cool. So, so Orno Brewing Company was only a year old. So to me, I grew up with Andy Gagan. So down the street from Orno Brewing Company, I say down the street, in Bangor, in Brewer, is yeah. Gagan's Brewing Company. So I worked for Gagan's first to start off with when I moved back to Maine, I did some bottling on their bottling line. I did some tasting room manage, or tasting room serving and some bar packing and, and so on. So when the position came available at Orna Brewing Company, I was like, I don't care if I have to cancel and get a flip phone. I don't care if I have to like, not have internet and TV and all that stuff. If they pay me at the time, $9 an hour for minimum wage to work, I will do the job because I want to get into that industry and I want to do it. Now, I, I, thinking back on my 34 years of life, the best decision I ever made was to join the brewing industry in the position that I'm in. I don't want to be in your position. I don't want to clean tanks and I want to brew and I don't want to do that stuff because there's people that are better at it than I am. And I can admit that. I don't mind. I, I homebrewed at some point. I was like, oh, I'll make a beer. It's pretty cool. And I always, always, always overcarved it. So you open that shit and it went everywhere. <laughs> um, but like- You were- I'm in a position that I know I can use my skills, my talents, and all my, my, my mental capacity to do the job I'm doing. I mean, this week, I was told to fuck off this week. So a customer came in. I hope, you know, if they listen, that's great, whatever. It worked out well, so I'll turn the story. Uh, we are in this COVID restrictions, right? So we have, you have to write your name down, your number down. You have to get, take, you know, we are not, you've been to our place. You've not, yeah, you're not just, know. you just walk in. You sit down, you sit, do what you want. 
Now we're in a position where we have to like seat people. We don't have waiters and waitresses and all that stuff, but you have to seat people at a table. So you were at table two. There's a number on your table. You're supposed to sit at that table. Well, a family came in. There's two, uh, two adults and a child, and the child wasn't staying by the table. And part of our regulations is the, ta- the, the child has to stay yeah. at the table. Yeah. It, I think, I personally think it's because when we, excuse me, I've run so many family nights with like free kids eat free kind of nights that yeah. if the kids run away, the parents chase after them. So if you chase after them, you're not thinking, oh crap, I got to put my mask on and then go get my kid. Yeah. It's you just chase after them. So then there's just parents running around. And in my opinion, that's what they're trying to avoid. So I was like, okay, yeah. hey, sir, just to let you know you have to have your kid near your table. And he goes, well, then you can fuck off. And I'm like, okay, that's it. And I, I'm already tense. Like I'm already at that point where I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to get COVID. My fiance is high risk. So I don't want to give it to yeah. her and I don't want to do that shit. So I was like, okay, then you can go. And so the wife yep. apologized up and down. And, and, and then, then finally, after they, they were about to leave, the husband came back and was like, hey, I'm really sorry. It was out of character. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Next time you guys come back, we'll forget this even happened. You need to go yes. now because I need to set some yeah. sort of like. Yeah, you need and to, to this day, yeah. And, and to this, this, that was on Saturday. Till now, I'm still like, I still want to be in the position I'm in because I like dealing with customers. And yeah. I've worked for Warner Burn Company for close to four years now. And that was the first customer who ever told me to do that. Like it's the first customer that did that to me. I had someone arrested on Wednesday. It's a completely different story that I don't want to get oh, into well. right now. It has nothing to do with owner brewing company, but like I've had to deal with issues and in, 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 in tough customers. Yeah. But when someone told me to, you know, to fuck off in this time of I'm stressed yeah. to the nines, I'm still gratified that I work in the beer industry in an industry that I get to talk to someone like you and I get to talk to other people and I can call up, you know, breweries in, in, in other States or I can call a random ass brewery in Colorado. That, yeah. that I don't know and be like, Hey, I saw you guys did this beer over there. How'd you guys promote that? How'd you do this? And they're going to go, this is how we did it. Not like yeah. screw off. Like if you think in the wine industry, like if, if you were in the wine industry and, and you're like, Hey, Orin, a brewing company, can I borrow some grapes? You, you kidding me? I'm going to borrow <laughs> our grapes. What are you right? talking about? In this industry we're in, it's like, Hey, I need some Chinook. You got some Chinook. Yeah, I got some Chinook. Just next time you get a delivery, just get it to us or whatever, and it, you know, and we'll just do that. And that's what I still believe in every day when I when I tell the stories now that told me someone was mean to me. I'm like, I don't care. Like this to me, I'll come home. I've got a great fiance at home. I'll be happy in my personal life. That was one moment of of someone being pissed at me. Was my was my heart beating? Was I like ready to fight someone and I don't fight anybody? <laughs> yes. But in the same sense, it's like the majority of is collaborative fun people come to us for a release they come to us as a brewing industry people someone comes to you and you know jillian in, in, in north carolina say hey i want to have a i want to hang out with you and you're like here have a beer and it's like that aspect of what better job could we have like really tell me right now yes. anybody out there wants to tweet at me or, or message me or whatever tell me a better job than working in the beer industry i'll fight you to the freaking that's the that's the hill i'll die on Yep. How about that? That's the hill I'll die on is working in the beer industry. It, it's, and when you work for a good company and you know, yeah. I will believe in the fact that Oscar blues is in the same vein as Orno brewing company in the sense that craft distribution of Maine would not carry Oscar blues if it wasn't for a good company. 
they carry name beer company, great company, Bandit, great yeah. company, Oxbow, us. Yeah. Like all these companies <laughs> I know for a fact are unbelievable companies. They're not going to create and bring in Oscar Blues to Maine just to make a few bucks if they weren't a good company. So I'll, I don't work for Oscar Blues, but I'll tell you right now, I guarantee you they're the kind of people that would hang out with Abe and Heather and Mark and, and Asa. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had friends um, like visit from Florida before you know, the pandemic um, where I've literally like fallen over because I've been trying to lift so many cases of you know, low pills and high pills off of the e-beer pallet that I fell over like and tipped over and like I bruised my knee for like three weeks it, like it hurt like it was a pain in the ass but like the point where I was trying to give away like so much of our beer to like my friends that I fell over and hurt myself like yeah the the camaraderie in this industry is just can't be compared at all I can't I mean I worked in I worked for Best Buy and Circuit City both those companies and Circuit City was the one that I ended up finishing my retail career with and it was such a thing that they were across the street and it was like, it wasn't, Hey, you know, they have the USB cable at circuit city for $5 cheaper. Go over there. It was how much can we get off this person? They were like poaching people. When I was working at circuit city, it's like, how much are they paying you over at Best Buy? $12 an hour. We'll give you 13 to come here. It's not like that. We're to the point where like, if you, you know, we know you, everybody at OBC knows you. If we had a position available, I wouldn't go, Hey, Jillian, you want a position at OBC? We'd put it out there. If you were to apply, we wouldn't decline you, but yeah. I wouldn't seek you out. You and don't that's poach the thing. people. Correct. And that's one of those things. And it was kind of funny. We made the joke about that was like, at Orna Brewing Company, the last two people we got off the same bottling line at Poland Spring. So the same, so Tom and, and Catherine, who were both the last two employees we hired for the brewery, came off the exact same line at Poland mm-hmm. Spring. So we made the joke was like, who's on that line now? Are they any good? <laughs> and we're like, but we wouldn't do that. It's like, and especially we wouldn't do that in the beer industry. I mean, it's just one of those things that we know how hard it is to hire someone. But, the, but let's be real. If someone were to apply and they were qualified, doesn't mean we wouldn't talk to them. It's just, it's the same thing with brewer, uh, bartenders. And, and I, I, I'm the one responsible for hiring bartenders. I worked with people like Gagans. I know a bunch of badass bartenders that I'd love to be manager of and love to have behind the bar owner brewing company. But when I put it out, hey, we're hiring for bartenders and none of them apply, I'm not contacting them and saying, hey, apply for your job. Because I'm not going to steal anybody from a friend of mine. I'm not going to steal anybody from someone else in the beer industry. If we were in a different industry, hell yeah. Let's cut throat. We're done. Like I'll steal anybody I need to to make the best money I can make. But in this industry, it's too much on the line. There's too much camaraderie, collaborations, sharing of CO2. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, I've got a CO2 canister I don't need right now. Does anybody need it? I mean, there's literally the number of things that we could share as a brewery to make the brewing industry take down big beer. And that's, I think, yeah. probably part of it. It's, 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 there's no other industry out there that we're fighting this big thing that we're below. I mean, big box stores are just selling stuff. So it's not like us where we're like, you got your Bud Lights and your Budweiser's and things like that where we're trying to fight against. So I think it's a little bit of everything. I don't, I, it, it's still, if anybody has the opportunity, and I'll do this as my sales pitch, I just hired a bartender, so we're not hiring right now. But um, get your foot in the door. Uh, I, you know, if a brewery position opens up, like the one we just apply, put, put out right now, no experience necessary, apply for the job. Because you yep. guess what? You wouldn't be where Jillian is right now if you don't get in there on that bottom level. 
It may be cleaning yeah. kegs. It may be lifting kegs. It may be yeah. doing the shittiest job possible in a brewery. But most breweries won't hire if you don't have experience. And if a job eventually opens up at a brewery in your location that has no experience necessary, as the description, apply for the job. Because you're going to, I mean, that's the only way you're going to get in there. Jillian will now have the opportunity um, doing CIPs and SIPs at Oscar Blues and other breweries and stuff that if someone hires an assistant brewer position, she's going to get on that front line of that compared to a person who's worked at Kmart or Sears or whatever. I just said two companies that don't exist anymore, or basically don't <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> Uh, if you if you worked at Kmart and Sears and you're still looking for a job, it's probably not. It's probably there's probably other issues that you had to deal with, not just the fact that you were looking for a job. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, like even us, like we we've, we've been hiring in almost every department, and um, there was someone that we just hired who had he did have um, a formal education, but he had no experience whatsoever, and there was someone else who had. I want to say like six, seven years in, in a another large scale brewery and would have been perfect for the position. But the guy who had no experience whatsoever just was a better fit, had a better personality, was passionate. Like passion is such a huge thing and can take you so far can take you so much further than experience can and having an ego about, you know, everything. But, and we ended up hiring, you know, this spunky little kid who, <laughs> who drives me crazy. I love him. He cracks me up. Um, <laughs> He has no experience whatsoever and chose him over someone that has years and years and years of experience just based on their attitude and willingness to clean kegs and get in on that bottom floor. And it's true because I mean, I will hire a bartender who has no experience, who has a great personality. You know, if someone comes up to me and they're in their interview, they're like this, that, and the like, oh, and someone's like, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, and have 10 years experience. Not only do you have a shitty personality, but then I have 10 years of experience that I have to fix. Yep. Like the yep. brewery, the person who has 10 years experience of working at a brewery that didn't do things right. Yeah. And it also has a horrible personality or the guy who has no experience, but has a great personality and you could teach them how to do the right thing their first time. And they know how to do it. It's like, there's, so not only is hiring someone with a good personality is a great thing, but like knowing what you're doing is also a good thing. So, I hired someone last week, Miranda, who was great. She's a friend of a friend, and, and, but she has little experience behind the bar, but she has a great personality, and that's what got her the job, not 10 years of experience behind the bar. Because, I mean, honestly, if you came to me, you're like, hey, I've got 10 years of experience bartending. I'm like, you have to pour beer. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Pour <laughs> yeah. beer at my restaurant. That's all you have to do. So don't give a shit about, oh, I know how to make margaritas. I don't care. I don't, honestly don't give a shit. If you can, make, if you can pour a beer, which everybody should be able to do, then you're good. That's where I'm selling them. You have to sell me on your personality over anything else. And maybe in a brewery, it's more like you have to sell your, sell your team, teammanship, your ability yeah. to say that's the, the words that we use to own a brewing company. There's never a time in the brewery where it's, that's not my job. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's like in order to brewery, there's, there's so much things that are, that's not my job. It would, would get you, would get you, one-way ticket to the unemployment line it's 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 just yeah. it, it breweries are so collaborative on the outside translates that we're so collaborative on the inside and that's it, it's the greatest industry to work in and you probably can agree with that yeah and like even like pretty much all of the jobs that i've come from like i've gotten like the okay and, and blessing from my head brewers to 
to move on. So the first place I worked at, I was cellaring, and then I um, got wind that there was another brewery that was hiring that was looking for um, an assistant brewer and got the okay and blessing from my, my head brewer to go and kind of spread my wings and, and be able to learn more and, and grow. And, and same thing when I left Florida to, to move to North Carolina, my head brewer was like happy for me to be growing and, you know, moving in a, an upwards um, position. And, and I am, you know, just in the cellar now, but I feel like I've really solidified my skills and my like foundation, like in the brewery, like things that I've learned in just like the past seven months alone are like so far and above from, you know, just last year when I was working in Florida. And if you, if we, if we were to do a full circle on this too, it's like, it shows like you almost have a resume on your Instagram, if that makes any sense. Like your, yeah. your, your experience in the brewery, but also like the, the willingness to be like admit your mistakes and to show how you do your job and that you're, you're dedicated. And it's one of the things that my dad's always given me credit for that I don't get credit for myself is I work for a company in my company. When I work for that company, I tell my parents, you don't shop anywhere else for this company. Yeah. yeah. It's like when I worked for Best Buy, it's like, where are you buying that, that HDMI cable? Oh, Circuit City? Screw them. Buy it at Best Buy. And so like that aspect of it is where I am proud to be where I work. And it shows that on your Instagram and stuff like that. Cause it's not just, Hey, I work for a brewery by craft beer. It's like there's the Oscar blues is, 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 is interwoven into that. And to show that someone has that capability to promote the brand they work for. Um, one of our uh, part-time bartenders, Erica, who, who is a college student that was like, Oh, okay, I know she's going to leave after she graduates. Abe hired on as a marketing assistant because she had a good following on Instagram. She knew how to use Instagram and was like, Hey, she'll, she, every time a post from Instagram came up, she shared on her story. And it was like, she cares where she works for, not just that she has a job. And so when someone applies for a job at Orna Brewing Company, it was like, I just want to work because I want to work. I'm not going to hire them. Yeah. It's the wrong industry it's too. The wrong, if if you want to work and be proud of where you work and enjoy what you, where you work, then, then, then we're going to hire you. And that's probably what most people saw um, for myself and for you and for other people, like I said, not to pat ourselves on the back, but it's like, be proud of where you work. Um, be appropriate on social media is <laughs> probably another thing. Um, one of our bartenders, Caitlin, I interviewed her. She was great for the job. She was a friend of a friend. I said, you know, I asked that friend, Hey, what do you think about this person? She's the hardest working person I've ever met. Like hardest working person. I'm like, cool. Abe, you know, you met Abe probably. Did you, have you met Abe? Uh, I think so. No, you've met Asa. You know, Asa, you know, those guys yeah, are like not. Definitely met Asa. So, yeah. a, so, so Abe goes, oh my God, she went to Iceland. She wore an Orner Brewing Company shirt to Iceland. Hire her. I'm like, wait, wait, time out. like, you've never met this person in your life because she wore our, our shirt to Iceland. Do you want me to hire this person? I said, thank God that the other kind of people, me and Heather and some other people said it on the interview because we actually were going to hire a quality person. But Abe was like, oh, she wore a t-shirt to Iceland. Hire that person. So it's like, be proud of where you work is the other part of it. It's just that aspect of, um, you know, we all live paycheck. Most of us live paycheck to paycheck. We're not rich. 
but if we can <laughs> yes. work paycheck to, if we can work paycheck to paycheck and be proud of where we work it's a bonus on everything and it makes our our mental capacity might way better it makes my home life I better eat so it much ramen. Better. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we, uh, not nothing against oscar blues we gotta get you a position in a brewery where you make tons of money <laughs> <laughs> but, hey i got um, i got special ramen the other day it was two dollars a pack instead of like 15. Whoa, 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 whoa. no that's not Someone gouged, <laughs> price gouged you on that one. <laughs> so I'm waiting, still waiting for that, that beer you said you were going to send me. Um, so they came up here, but they came up here from Florida. Whoa. And then COVID hit again. Excuses, excuses. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to I'm find kidding. someone in Florida to go specifically to that brewery. But I didn't end up visiting them since. They, so they, were, they came up to Boone, which is about two hours from me. Yeah. Um, but Florida is a huge hot spot right now. And really? As much as I is, love is them. Is it weird um, to me that Florida is not surprising <laughs> at all that it's a hot spot right now? <laughs> I know. So I chose to not uh, yes. see them <laughs> just just in case. It, I did my mention really it, good though. Friends, though. I did mention it to um, – so our other restaurant, Woodman's, uh, We Should Be Bar and Grill, is now Woodman's Brew Pub is our, we've now joined companies, so they're both the same company. And I mentioned it, the idea of doing the fruit pie series with marshmallow rims yeah. and graham crackers, and yeah. it may take off a little bit, so it'd be kind of cool. Um, we have wild berry coming out next, which is uh, blueberry, raspberry, and strawberry. Ooh. Um, that's the next one, this is cherry. Um, yeah, it's my, like almost like embarrassing. Like, it's like a guilty pleasure. I'm like, please, please don't look at me. Like, so there's, a brewery in Florida called Playlinda that has a key lime slice um, blonde and they put whipped creamer on the edge and then they roll it in graham cracker and they ask you too before they do it because I'm sure there's been you know men who are like I don't want fruit in my beer no. and like don't put the whipped cream on the glass and I'm like wait why don't give me a choice because then I feel like obligated to be like why, why would I want no just it's fine it's, you can just leave it it's okay <laughs> um, and like it's like almost like shameful like to be like seen like and you know enjoying that like doing that to a beer adding whipped cream and, and graham crackers to it but their head brewer is is phenomenal and he just comes up with all these different flavor combinations and different ideas that he really thinks out of the box and you know i don't care it's fantastic <laughs> and it works and, really and, well <laughs> and that's the thing it's like one of those things like in bain in maine you have the pump like the pumpkin beer pumpkin head by shipyard and, and so to me it's like if you're gonna drink that beer just go all the way. Yeah. If you're going to ask them for a pumpkin head, have them do the cinnamon sugar rim. It, it, if you're not going to drink a craft beer from it. the area that's not pumpkin head, if you're going to dive in and go, I'll take a pumpkin head, just go all in. Just don't worry about it. If you're going to order key lime or a fruit pie at the bar, just, hey, can you put like a, like a graham cracker crust on that? <laughs> just go all in. There's no so reason good. not to. We're not, no one should judge anybody. They ordered a beer. Period. Period. Like we talked about at the like again to yep. circle back at the beginning. If they ordered a beer, period. If someone comes up to me and was like, "Hey, can I take a Kolsch? Do you have a salt shaker? I'm gonna give them the salt shaker. I don't care if they're gonna put salt in their beer. They ordered a beer. They're at a restaurant. They ordered a craft beer. That's the beginning stage to the rest of it. My fiance Taylor does not drink beer that much, but like when she liked Sugar Plum Fairy from Warner Brewing Company. I was yeah. ecstatic. It was like she likes a beer from Warner yeah. Brewing Company. Doesn't matter now. Now we're moving in the right direction. And she tries every beer that I get. It's not like, you know, it did happen to be that she tried one of Ace's beers. It's one of the ones he makes one time. It's like, yeah. but 
it, of course. It's inevitable. Of course. It's like one of the. But, but like I said, to circle back at the beginning and talk about the other Instagram people, as long as someone's drinking and trying it, it's a win for our industry. And that's minimal. I mean, so, I mean, we've talked for about an hour now and, and I think it's, it's been a good conversation about beer. The cool thing is I thought we'd focus a lot about you being a female in the industry. You're just a person in the industry. We're in a culture nowadays where we need to start thinking about people and not by race or gender or, 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 uh, you know, homosexuality or, or whatever. It's minimal. You're a person, you have blood running through your veins. That's period. Yeah, everyone like just wants to be treated equally. You're a like person that's in the to. industry. And that's what's great about it. And I think you share that journey on Instagram. People should follow it um, at Lady in the Triclamp. I will put the fact that if anybody doesn't understand that relation, it's a play on, or pun, I should say, or play on Lady in the Tramp, which is a Disney movie, and Triclamps, <laughs> which if you work in a brewery and you don't know what a Triclamp is, try a different industry because a Triclamp is used every day. So even myself, being someone who works in front of house, knows what a triclamp is. And so follow her on Instagram. Um, Jillian's been great. Uh, she, like I said, she shares her, her journey um, as a female in the industry, but just as a person in the industry, like I said. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you talking to me. I feel like I felt like a jerk because after I scheduled this, this time to record the podcast, I realized that you work at 730, right? Yeah, yeah, it's no big deal. Like, it's my Friday but, at least, so. No, but I laugh because I'm looking at it and I'm going, wait, that's like me waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do a podcast that I'd probably say no. <laughs> no, it's no, it's no problem at all. Okay. No, I definitely don't get as much sleep as I should um, nowadays anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> so, but you, you, didn't, you didn't fall asleep. There you go. Yeah. It's a win, right? <laughs> I'm going to go into work with makeup on though, and everyone's going to be like, why are you wearing makeup? Because I usually go in with like a messy bun and a beer shirt. And hopefully clean pants. Most of the time they're not. Like they have yeast or hops in them from earlier in the week. So people are going to be like, who's that girl? Like, oh, what? <laughs> I have friends that work for another brewery and they, they said they make us buy our shirts like that we wear in the Ooh. brewery. And they asked me why I don't wear my shirt. And I'm like, yeah, because I've seen every brewery person ever who go home who don't have a clean shirt. So I understand why you wouldn't wear that shirt to work. Like if you're going to buy your own shirts, you're going to wear it out in public so you can promote the brewery you work for without a hop stain on it <laughs> yep but so yeah uh, at lady in the triclamp is on instagram you can follow jillian um she works hard as a brewery person but also um she has fifteen thousand followers she has to satisfy and and, and <laughs> post things and say things on instagram i really appreciate you coming on it, it was it, i won't lie i will tell you now jillian was really nervous about coming on here now that we're at the end of this podcast i'll tell you now she I'm was like hyperventilating the shower. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's not a, a, an easy thing. I've gotten used to it now that we're in a number of podcasts and I've been able to do many TV interviews and things like that for a brewing company. It's very difficult to say yes to a podcast and continue to come on. And I really appreciate it. I, I, it's, you know, you always be able to say that you're the first female on my podcast. There you go. Yeah. Thank there you, you so go. much. That's awesome. That's really cool. And it, it's really cool that you were able to do the inner, inner uh, first female, but also the intertwine that you're in the beer industry. So that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. And let me know if you want, like, you know, um, any other, like, girls or anything that I can reach out to if you, you know, wanna... I think it'd be kind of cool to do a, um, because, like I said, you have the Instagram that's, you're the, you work for a brewery. I think I want to set up a time where I want to do, like, a four 
podcast thing where it's like a dude who who who's an Instagram influencer. Uh, you who are an Instagram influencer in a sense that work for a brewery and then someone else is a yes. female and do like an Instagram episode where it's like yeah. cool that everybody does their own thing, but it's like different vantage points from everything. Uh, we send a beer to a guy in Texas who does an awesome job. He has his dog on there. It's pretty cool. And he puts the, dog, the beer on the dog's head all the time. So that'd be kind of cool to do something like that in the future. I'm just starting to get under the, you know, things going and, and I have a season two coming up here pretty soon. So try to book guests, but it'd be kind of cool thing to do a special where it's like just, you know, Instagram slash beer, because I have about 900 Instagram followers, which is, um, was I, how many times, how how many times, 15 times less than you have. And it's like, I do feel like, oh crap, I didn't post this week. And it's like, you're like, you have a lot more people who look out for your, for your posts. And, and, and I understand the pressure that comes along with that. So, but I really appreciate you coming on and joining me. Um, have a good day at work, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, at lady in the tri-clamp is the place to follow her. Maybe we can get a couple more Instagram followers for you. Um, and then um, next week, I think I have uh, just a hostful podcast, which is pretty cool. My friend Josh is probably going to join us. We'll talk some other things and um, oh, yeah. uh, for now, uh, we've been just another podcast and again, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks for Jillian for coming on. Enjoy thank your you. day at work. I'll talk yeah. to you later. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.